You're listening to the Odds Checker podcast, previewing this week's Champions League action. Now, in order to check out all of the markets and special offers discussed during the pod, head to www.oddschecker.com forward slash podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Odds Checker podcast where we preview the Champions League action from a betting point of view. We are your perfect punting companion ready for the biggest club competition in European football. I'm George Ellick and I'll be your host and I'm joined as ever with three expert guests for the panel who are going to lead you through the shrewdest bets that you can have for this week's fixtures. Welcoming back our first return visitor, Mark O'Hare, who made such a splash in his, in his debut Due to popular demand, he is back. And we love betting. Welcome, Mark. Hi, guys. Thank you very much for the, the invite back. I feel honoured <laughs> to be here. And then our, our bookie representative, as we have every time. This time it is from Skybet, is Sandro Di Michele, head of PR at Skybet. And Sandro, I think you've got an interesting and exciting offer, for uh, exclusive offer for anyone listening to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, that's correct. Um, we've got an offer on the Roma-Chelsea game, um, and that is on Edin Zeko and um, Alvaro Morata, both to score any time in the game. That's been boosted from 7-2 to two to 11-2. to two. So um, I think that should tempt a few people in. They've both got good records, but no doubt we'll touch on that later on. Well, definitely anyone who saw Dzeko's goal in the, uh, in the home tie will certainly like that. And I think two strikers who are on top of their game. And third, but by no means, uh, <laughs> no means last, Greg Johnson, editor-in-chief at football.london. Don't let that London, though, make you think he's a, he's a one-trick <laughs> pony because this guy knows his European football. Good to have you here, Greg. Uh, cheers for having me. And if you are interested in the London clubs, I can't recommend the website enough. <laughs> Football.London, first plug of the day. First plug of the day and of many, I'm sure. Um, starting off, we're going to be playing teams rather than, our, rather than our employees. We're going to look at, as ever, the Champions League winner market and we're going to be picking some of the value. And I'm going to come to you, Greg, first because I know that Mark shares your optimism on, on a certain <laughs> team and they're a team that probably... People weren't that keen on a couple of weeks ago, but all has changed. And who is that, Greg? Well, it's not Chelsea, it's not Spurs, it's Bayern Munich. I've gone for the big Bavarians, um, they're 7-1 uh, to one, uh, on Bet365. And the reason for that is, is Jupp Henkers, he's back. He's doing the business. Um, and I think we all saw what he did a few years back when he won the treble with them. Uh, and I think a lot of people looked at Carlo Ancelotti coming in and thought, oh, he's the manager's manager, he's the man you put in a project, he'll just keep it going steady. That clearly didn't happen. Uh, in, in Munich, uh, whereas I think Jupp Henkers has proven he's a man that you can just parachute into these situations with all these star players in the dressing room. And he just he's a very easygoing guy, but he also gets performance out of people. And these bonds that he shares with guys like Ribery and Robin, he's going to get the best out of them if they stay fit. An interesting thing about Ancelotti, because you, you look at um, certain clubs in the Premier League, Arsenal won, you see fans uh, kind of hoping that Ancelotti, even Liverpool fans, asking for Klopp to be sacked after Ancelotti <laughs> left so they could bring Ancelotti in. Do you think Ancelotti is deserving of this of this reputation he has within European football fans of being this great manager, or is he, you know, does he slightly flatter to, to deceive? He flatters to deceive in, in league football. Definitely, look at his record; it's not as good as you'd expect it to be of a manager of his reputation. But you also can't argue with his record in the Champions League. Um, and I think that's why Bayern hired him. Really, they thought, well, the Bundesliga is, it's you know, we kind of got this on lock, so we'll get a guy in who specialises in winning uh, European trophies because that's what they want to boost up. Uh, in their trophy cabinet to get up to the levels of the Milan clubs and um, and Real Madrid if they can get there and if they can win for long enough to do it. Um, it hasn't quite happened though, has it? So it's Ancelotti 
has kind of been shown to maybe not have the intensity that Pep Guardiola had, and it's, it's fallen back a bit. The players weren't happy, um, so maybe York Henkers can, can get them back to where they need to be. Fair enough. 8-1, to one actually, best price Bayern Munich with Paddy Power so, and Bet Victor as well. So if you're looking for the value, that's where to go, as you, can, as you know. On the odds checker grids, go to our site and you can compare the prices from all the bookies and make sure you're getting the best value for money. Um, Mark, I know that you're also a fan of, of the Bavarians. Can you maybe be the man to provide the numbers behind the, uh, behind the method? Yeah, I, I'd like to think so. Um, earlier in the summer, Bayern Munich were 9-2 were to two to win the Champions League. They're now 8-1. to one. Uh, what's happened in those last few months has made the drift such such a big drift. Well, obviously, Carlo Ancelotti, um, Greg's covered that fantastically. Um, and uh, Jupp Heynckes has come in, um, but he's revolutionised the place immediately. He's brought in an assistant manager. He's not taking coaching. Uh, from all accounts, things have been hugely intensive in training now, which was the complete opposite under Ancelotti. And I just want to take a look at the numbers because... This is a team that's reached the semi-finals in five of the last six seasons. They didn't last season, but they went off four to seven favourites to beat Real Madrid last April in the quarter-finals. They lost that game 6-3 on aggregate. Five of the goals that Real Madrid scored came when Bayern Munich were down to ten men. They, of course, had Vidal sent off in the first leg, Martinez in the second leg. Um, the expected goals backs up the assumption that Bayern Munich were the better team in the two legs. Uh, they were beaten on moments, really, by Real Madrid rather than pattern of play. And I think it's quite easy to forget how good this squad is. You've got the German national team goalkeeper and possibly the best goalkeeper in the world. The centre-halves, Kimmich at right-back, Alaba at left-back. Um, there's probably a little bit of a lack of cover up front for Lewandowski, who went off injured at the weekend. He should be fit for the Celtic game. Muller also sort of started to seem himself again. He's injured as well, which is a bit of a blow, but they're already through to the knockout stages, let's be fair. Um, they're not going to fail to qualify from that group. And... No team's going to want to play them in the knockout rounds, are they? Even as a runner-up, you know, as a non-seed, they've beaten Leipzig twice in a week. Admittedly, red cards have helped them on that occasion. But Karl-Heinz Rummenigge came out and said, Heinkers is a man who can has a knack of finding the hair in the soup, which just goes to show <laughs> that everyone's behind this guy. He's, he's in his 70s now, and uh, I just think everything's set up here. This team was 9-2 to two in the summer. Why are they now 8-1? Yeah. to one? Mm. Give me, Someone give me an explanation for that. He's almost like what Roy Hodgson should be, isn't he? Um, <laughs> but, I mean, we, we, we talked about Carl Ancelotti moving on. There was a bit of a worry about what that would mean for James Rodriguez, but the weekend he was fantastic. So mm. I think that's another bonus that people thought might have been a negative if Henkers coming in. Um, but he looks like another match winner in waiting that Bayern could use to win the Champions League this season. Just, so, just, just on a, the only negative I could find, really, for Bayern Munich this season was something which I think is going to correct itself. They do tend to peak in the latter months of the season. But I think it's easily forgotten that Alarm and Xabi Alonso left the club in the summer mm. and that created a big devoid of leadership, um, respect. But players are starting to grow, starting to find themselves in that team. And I think that's only going to improve now between now and sort of the, the knockout stages of the Champions League. I'd love to know how many listeners during that uh, five minutes have got their phones out and backed and got the Paddy Power <laughs> app, app up or the Odd Checker app, hopefully, and backed by Munich. So maybe by Munich, the forgotten team. Sandro, coming to you. And uh, I think we're on the same page here, looking at maybe the flavour of the month in European football, and that's, that's Man City. Well, maybe, but I think I was one of those people that just got their phone out about Bayern Munich <laughs> off the back of uh, that going report from the two gentlemen sat either side of me. Now, I, I do like Man City. Like I said, I don't think it's particularly original, um, but I do feel that I'm not quite sure the market's actually caught up with Man City's um, ability, and I think they're... The, the, you know, the, the syndicates and, and the sort of people that know far more about the game than I do, the real number crunchers, would be looking at, at the shot data and, and the quality of chances, not just the number of chances, but the quality of chances that Man City are currently creating. As a result, I think that's why they do represent value. I mean, we're currently 6-1 to one at Skybet. There is 7-1 to one 
around, I think, Unibet are seven to one. I, I think there, is, there are a number of other factors that have to be taken into account. Obviously, Guardiola's philosophy, philosophy starting to, to come into play. The quality that he's added to the squad in the summer, the, and, and plus the players he brought in the previous season, season that are really finding their feet um, and are very comfortable playing in his setup and, and the way he structures his team. But also, I mean, it, sounds, it might sound a little bit premature, but the Premier League is practically over as a title race, which I think plays hugely into City's hands. You know, the market suggests that, if, if nothing else, I'm, I'm sure there's a few United supporters that might see that differently. Spurs supporters um, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, think the, I think the other thing that is interesting is when you, you look at some of the other outright markets, the FA Cup, outright betting, and also the League Cup, um, I don't think they've caught up with the fact that how much better City are than everybody. I think they, I think they probably will go and win the League Cup, with a, a, a reserve-type second-string team. Um, and I think they could be at this st- get to the stage of the season, the latter stages of the competition, where they're going to be in such a nice position in the league, plus the depth they have in their squad, that they're going to be able to sort of pick and choose um, the, the sides they put out in the Premier League, which I think will allow them to put out their strongest sides in Europe. So, so based on that, um, I would be leaning towards Man City. But I've got to admit, the boys have made a very, very strong case for Bayern. <laughs> Who knows, maybe we'll see a Man City Bayern final. How good would that be? Well, I think City has certainly put themselves in a good position now where last season they started so well in the league and they fell away, but I think they've now got themselves into that position, especially with the win against Napoli where they can probably afford a couple of bad performances and, and stay fairly strong in all competitions. Um, before we move on to, uh, to the teams we expect to be making an exit fairly soon, I just wanted to come back to you, Mark, because last time you were here we, we spoke about Atletico Madrid um, things haven't gone quite to plan with them um, since we last spoke with the with the uh, stalemate at, at Carabag. Um, but you still think that there's a bit of value to be had in the in the fifty to one with the Bet365 that's still knocking around? Yeah, I think fifty to one is is outrageous. To be fair, um, I'd be looking at half the price there because uh, leading on to the next part of this uh, podcast where we talk about the teams to make an early exit, uh, I think the market's slightly overrated Roma. Um, I'll probably explain this in more depth, but Atletico have, have really stumbled. Uh, the failure to win away in Carabag and plus Roma's draw at Stamford Bridge has, has left them with a, a mountain to climb there. But I've actually studied the fixtures, studied the, the kind of um, permutations, and I, I do believe the two teams could end up at the end of the group level on points with Atletico beating Roma, and that would give them uh, the head-to-head advantage to, to qualify from this group. Um, and suddenly, fifty to one is outrageous. So, yeah. dare I say it? Even there's a chance maybe Chelsea don't qualify. Be- I mean, this is because they they were fortunate fortunate that they would, they got the better part of that point, didn't they? Roma will certainly feel hard done by not taking all three points. Um, I know there are question marks around the Roma team, but there's obviously similar question marks around Chelsea. Should Roma get a result against against Chelsea tomorrow night, get the three points? The whole, the whole sort of the dimension of that group really changes. So you fully, Atletico did everything bar get that winner against Carabag in the first game, and you, I expect them to and at Roma as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you fully expect Atletico to give Carabag an absolute hammering tomorrow night. Um, I just wonder whether, you know, sort of the more speculative punters might. Might chuck a dart at Chelsea not to qualify. I mean, so, speaking on behalf of Football London, because you know, <laughs> these are my ends, as you as you would say. Um, I do think that um, this is the last big test for Chelsea, though. Even if they lose in Rome, I think that more knocks their chances of finishing top than finishing the top two, because they've got to go away to Carabag, who I, I would I would rate them to yeah. demolish, um, and then they're at home against Atletico. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that's you think that's a given then? 
do you? I know Carabao it, goal. No, no, Chelsea against Atletico. Oh, it was no, no, ex- no, but, was, but even if they got like a draw out of that, I think that would still be enough for them to to be home and dry at least to get into the knockout stages. Not necessarily get finished top, but I think if they win in Rome, then I think they take command of the group and it, it's it's all gravy from there. Um, it's just I. I I think it's a, a massive outside shout for them to, to miss out completely. Looking at the, the odds, Sky Bet offering prices on to finish third, which is basically the market we're looking at. And Atletico mm. Madrid four to seven to finish third. Roma two to one. Chelsea nine to one. Carabag eighteen to one. Um, if you're asking me, whoever does finish third in that group will probably be put in automatically as favourites for the Europa League. I'd have thought. Um, moving on, but sticking with the same group, but moving on to teams we, we think could be going out. And after after Marks just just. Taught them up to win it. I'm now coming to you, Greg. Who you think it could be Atleti who, who do fall short and do enter the Europa League at that stage? Yeah, and it's a bit of a boring shout, really, because I am literally just going on their form and their, their unluckiness in the Champions League so far. Um, they're unfathomably bad result against Carabag. Um, Roma have kind of got the, the results they needed, and Chelsea have already won in Madrid. Um, so they've got to go away to Stamford Bridge, um, and they've got to, you know, they're probably going to destroy Carabag at home admittedly I'd be very shocked if not um, but then again as, as, as we've said they've got a lot of quality they've got Diego Simeone in the dugout they've got Griezmann Godin Saul Koke they've got all these great players so if anyone's going to pour a run together and do it it's them but at the same time they haven't so far so unless things change I think they're the ones to back to go out and going in a nice full circle here sticking with the group C looking at you again Mark obviously after you saying that there's value with Atleti uh, it's Roma who you think are the team who could fall by the wayside. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm here for the betting angles and Roma are 2-5 to five to, to progress, which suggests they've got a 71% chance of, of doing so and reaching the knockout stages. Uh, I think they've been overrated here. Um, obviously, winning in Carabag was, was a huge deal when you look at Atletico Madrid's result there. Um, Carabag, bless them, just seemed overawed for the first sort of half hour of that match, but came back and had them on the ropes for the, for the last half an hour and could easily have, have pinched a point there. Um, drawing at Stamford Bridge, well-deserved point as well. But I think it's quite easy to get a little bit over, over ahead of ourselves uh, just on a three-game sample here. And yeah, Roma have, have performed... Um, well so far in Syria, but I think they've perhaps been a little bit overrated. They've put a run together of some clean sheets and, and one nil victories, but they've not been overly impressive. At the weekend, they won by a, a wonder goal, really. And um, against Bologna, was it? Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, Atletico absolutely dominated them in, in Rome in that nil nil draw. Um, I just think they've won two games in 16 in the Champions League, and. Uh, suddenly the pressure's going to come on. They're away record in the Champions League. They haven't won since uh, 2010 before that win in Carabag, which, as I say, was, was quite fortunate. They've not kept a European clean sheet in 23 games. That's a 10-year run uh, as well. So um, I just think Chelsea, Chelsea, I think Chelsea and Roma are about an each to two bet from the match prices on, on Tuesday night. I'd be with Chelsea in that game. Um, although they haven't been at the best, they, they produced a fantastic, possibly one of the best performances in the Champions League this season to win away at Atletico. Um, and I think Roma 2-1 to one to finish third or 9-4, to four, the straight forecast of Chelsea and Atletico Madrid. Uh, that's where I'd be going. I certainly wouldn't be back in Roma around the 2-5 to five mark to qualify from what is possibly the most competitive group. It seems very generous, that that kind of 9-4, to four, considering the 2-1, to one, you'd think that Carabag are very unlikely to finish in the top two. So that, yeah, that I, is... As I say, I've done the permutations. Atletico have to go to Stamford Bridge in the last game. Chelsea could easily have won the group by then. I'd expect Atletico to get at least a point in that match. They've got Carabag at home. Uh, I think both teams could end on nine points and Atletico will beat Roma at home. So there's your head-to-head advantage. So you've heard, listener, reasons why all Atletico, Roma and Chelsea are going to be, not, going, to be going out. So I'll leave it up to you for, as to who's made the best case <laughs> and who's going to be going into your bet slip. Uh, moving away from that group now and coming to you, Sandro, before we move into the, 
kind of the fixtures coming up this week, um, you see trouble ahead for, for possibly the, the informed team in Europe uh, along with City. Yeah, well, I see, I see so I suppose it depends how you look at it, really. Trouble ahead, potentially, but I think, actually, glory to come, ultimately, at the end of the season. And I think Napoli um, should be opposed, to be honest, to make it, out of, make it out of the group. I think people in Italy have find that it's dawned on people that, that the Juve stronghold is finally over. Um, Lazio demonstrated that, um, and Lazio will have a huge say in where the Scudetto goes. But I think Napoli realised this is, this is something they've been working towards for a few ne- years now. Maurizio Sarri's um, assembled an unbelievable squad. You rightly say they are the form team in Europe at the moment. Um, but I think the Scudetto means everything to Napoli supporters. And of course, you know, the last time they won it, Diego Maradona was there. Mm. And I think because of that, I think they're sort of... I'm not saying that they're not going to be trying in the Champions League. Of course they will be. But I don't think they're going to lose too much sleep if they get knocked out of the group stage and they can really focus on on the Scudetto. Whereas, you know, their, their biggest rivals they will see is Juve. And certainly in the betting, mm. Juve are slight second favourites behind them. Napoli, even money. Juve 11 or 10, and, and Juve will, will have to qualify for the next stage of the Champions League. That, that's fully expected of them, and if they didn't, Allegri you know, could be on his way. So with that in mind, I think Napoli, that would be a huge advantage to Napoli. To, um, to, they'd be in the Europa League, I expect, but Italian teams have never really been bothered about the Europa no. League historically. I think they'd have no problem putting out a second-string team in that and focusing fully on Serie A. So with that in mind, I think the, uh, the 10 to 11 about Napoli not to qualify, I think, could be interesting. In light of the fact they play Man City this week, um, mm. that 10 to 11 could get significantly shorter if, uh, if City and Shakhtar go and win. We're going to come back to you about that, that, that game in a second. But Greg, just coming to you about Napoli as well, I mean, how, how do you see their, their season panning out in, in, in a Euro- European perspective? Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, and it would be almost quite nice if they did drop into the Europa League and win it, because obviously that's another competition. Well, the old version, the UEFA Cup, was another one that Maradona helped them lift as well. Absolutely. So that'd be a nice little little twist in the tail. Um, and also, one thing with Napoli, they've got quite a deep squad in some areas. Like they've got, they seem to have a million midfielders. So maybe <laughs> their second string, they could do an Arsenal, but do it better. Uh, and we said that the, the side that drop out of Chelsea's group could be favourites in the Europa League. If Napoli go into the Europa League, even with their commitments in Italy... I'd, I'd bat them to go a long way yeah. to that competition. They're, they're an incredibly well-coached Arsenal side. Arsenal fans watching through their fingers who they're going <laughs> to... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That, I, mean, I mean, I'm sure we've all watched them because we've all been told to watch them this season. They play fantastic football. Um, take a few risks at the back, but they usually pay off by scoring loads of goals at the front. So, yeah, great side to watch. And I think this Napoli-City game, even though City might trounce them, um, should be a great game to watch if you're looking for something. It's interesting, it's interesting you say that about Arsenal supporters in the Europa League. <laughs> if they think those... Uh, those fans from those twenty thousand fans from Germany caused some damage. <laughs> that wouldn't be anything compared to what three thousand Napoli supporters could do if they happen to draw very, each very other. True. I mean, some Don't forget Red Star are on the way to North London <laughs> this week, so uh, that could be an interesting one to keep an eye on. I was, I was at that Colm game; it was absolutely crazy. Um, it was unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. Um, yeah. Uh, to moving on to um, this is the time to, to get yeah, your pad, your pad and pen out as we go through our, our expert <clears throat> panels. Naps, uh, their best bets, and we're going to stick with the same theme. The Napoli Man City theme, and uh, I, th- I think naps for Napoli. I like naps, it. Naps for Napoli, exactly. And I think that um, you know, before I come to you, Sandra, to talk about the game, it's interesting because whilst um, City beat Napoli at home and uh, they were two 0 up very quickly, and Napoli didn't really get out of, you know, started very poorly. Napoli missed a penalty, and the game finished two one. And I- I'm looking at the game, wondering if if that scoreline, in a way, or, or th- what's come from that game, somewhat flatters City. But you, you but. 
you seem to think that I'm, I'm wrong and that this could be a bit of a fairly easy win for, for Pat's no, team. No, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying you're wrong at all, George. Actually, I think you could be right. I think, that, I think arguably the scoreline did slightly flatter Man City. Um, I do think sometimes we see the best of, of, of Man City away from home. Um, and, and I think the Napoli's brand of football is, as has already been touched on, it is very expansive, it is open, they do take risks at the back. And I just wonder whether that could play into the hands of Man City. I also think the other thing I just don't think you can underestimate is having an extra 24 hours to prepare on your side. What that does to um, conditioning of players, I think, is absolutely key. And albeit it was a pretty comfortable victory for Napoli yesterday over um, Sassuolo, wasn't it, I think? Yeah, um, yeah. And, and City, you know, arguably had a slightly tougher task going to West Brom. I just think that 24-hour advantage is absolutely huge. And I think that really plays into Man City's hands. And, and I think at around 11 to 8, 7 to 5, there, there might be a bit, a bit of that knocking about. I think City look, look a really good bet um, this, this midweek away from home. Yeah, City, best price 6 to 4. Now you're going to get with Bet365 or Unibet and a couple of others. Um, I, they went off just a shade of odds on, didn't they? Or, or quite heavily odds on in the first leg. So... Um, you know, probably the price hasn't changed that much as it would have been beforehand. Um, Mark, coming to you next, and uh, as ever, you've got a nice little kind of stats-based goals bet um, for your for your nap. Yeah, Olympiacos v Barcelona. I'm not expecting any of you to tune in because it might not be that <laughs> exciting. But uh, watch Barcelona Athletic Bilbao on on Saturday night. Fabulous contest. It's just a wonderful advertisement for La Liga and the way Barcelona are playing at the moment. I'm going to back Barca to to beat Olympiacos in a match featuring under 3.5 goals. It's 5-4 to four with Betway. I think that was best price last time I looked. Um, I think Barcelona have answered their critics just wonderfully well since the summer, since those two uh, Super Cup defeats to Real Madrid. Uh, recently, they've switched to more of a 4-4-1-1. You could probably call it 4-4-2. Messi sort of playing where he likes, as always, and Suarez leading the line. Now, Suarez has found goals hard to come by. Some of his finishing has been pretty woeful for Luis Suarez so far this season. And Barca haven't actually been racking up the cricket scores, as you may, may, may have thought so. They've won 13 games, drawn one across 14 since those Super Cup defeats. Um, well, they've actually scored more than three goals just twice, and only three of those 14 matches have featured over three and a half goals. Similar story in Europe as well. Uh, if you look at their away record, they haven't scored more than twice in any of their last 11 Champions League matches on the road. Uh, they beat Sporting Lisbon 1-0 away in their first away match. Um, and they're coming up against the Olympiacos team who are really reeling. This is a team who just dominate Greek football. They lost to Derby on Saturday night to Panathinaikos 1-0, which is just an absolutely horrendous result for them, possibly the worst. They're five points adrift of the top already. Fourth after nine matches, only won four of those nine games as well domestically. Uh, and since the September international break, they've lost six of their 12 matches in all competitions, uh, which just goes to show uh, you know, what sort of state they are in at the moment. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if the head coach has moved on this, this midweek after defeat to Barcelona. Um, 2006 was the last time they actually finished bottom of their Champions League group, but I, I can't see them finishing any, anything other than fourth, because, uh, as I say, the regression has been quite alarming. They won the league by only six points last season, compared to an average of 19 in the previous four campaigns in Greek football. Um, and in the Champions League, they were, they were dreadful at home to Sporting Lisbon. Uh, they've only won one of the last four at home. You know, typically... Um, in Greece, they're very, very strong. Uh, that win was against Dynamo Zagreb and with a stoppage time winner as well. So, um, you know, I have to propose Olympiacos here against a Barcelona team who I think uh, are decent value, actually, at 7-1 to one to win the thing outright. 
You can I can hear the Olympiacos supporters now. Can't, can't bet Marco <laughs> Silva, all is forgiven. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Uh, what was that? What, what did he say? Uh, yeah. he, he won the league 148 times and only played 147. Is that right? I mean, that was our friend Mr. Mercer, it was, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything rude about Mercer today. You're not, not with you here, Sandro. Um, yeah, so very, uh, I mean, as ever, um, I, you know, whenever I hear Mark talking about his nap, it, uh, it, it, it's pretty tricky not to buy into it fairly quickly. Um, very persuasive there, Mark, as ever. Um, and then... Sorry, just, just the only. Can I just add something, Mark? The only, the only thing you looked at that previous game two weeks ago, and uh, Barca played the majority of the game with ten men, didn't they? Mm. And and somehow like, they were hammering them, but they only managed to score three. Is you're not concerned that with eleven men on the pitch, in theory, no. for longer it could it, it could open up more, and they could it could be a cricket score? Not really. Um, I think the, the group's in uh, control. Um, I think they're more more interested in just winning the match away from home. Uh, as I say, they don't tend to blow teams away away from home. They'll monopolise possession, but once the game's in, in their grasp, I can't see them really going hammer and tongs to, to put Olympiacos away. And you know, th- This could be the last stand for Olympiacos for this season, so they need to put on a show. Uh, I can see it being, you know, if you're looking to play the correct score market, 1-0, 2-0 would be where I'd be going. And then coming to you, Greg, and this is good news for Spurs fans around the country. They're going to be happy to hear this. Spurs, obviously, having finally cracked their uh, their Wembley hoodoo, it seemed, against, it seems, against it seems, Liverpool. Yeah. And then that shocking uh, um, Carabao Cup defeat against West Ham, 2 up at half-time. Mm. And then, you know, a, some, something of a, of a baptism of fire again, I guess, here, hosting Real Madrid. Um, the good news, Greg, is that since you sent me your nap, the price is actually... Uh, drifted further out, so you're now getting 12 to 5 Fantastic. with Unibet about this goal scorer bet that is your nap for the week. Mm. Yeah, Son Hyung Min, um, he was pretty rubbish at the weekend against Man United. <laughs> uh, but he is one of these players that seems to go hot and cold quite a lot. Um, but with Rafael Varane being a massive doubt now for Real Madrid, uh, they're losing their paciest centre back. Uh, and if there's one thing Son Heung-min can do is run behind defences. Um, so, James I mean, Milner can testify to that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, this, this could be a nice little angle for Spurs to get in and, and cause some damage to Real Madrid at home. And it could also be a nice angle for, for punters wanting to throw a bit of money at the, the match at Wembley Stadium this week. And do you see it? Because it was very interesting the, um, when Spurs' uh, win against Dortmund at Wembley. It was a very un Maurizio Pochettino performance where they sat back very, very deep and allowed mm. Dortmund to play their game and then scored lots of goals on the break, Son being one of the people who, um, who benefited from that. Do you see the game following a similar pattern? Yeah, I, th- I think they're happy to do it now. I think the, the, the thing I'm most impressed about with Pochettino is um, I think we used to view him as being this guy wedded to 4-2-3-1 in a specific way of playing, but every season he seems to be expanding the options available to him his team, not just in terms of the players and how he uses them, but just how he sets them up. He doesn't seem to be like this idealist in a tactical sense. He's pretty happy to do whatever it takes to win, while also still trying to play positively. And I think he always talks about the bravery and the work rate of his players. So he just likes to put his players in the best position to do the, the best performance they can against a team. And I don't think he's going to be too um, too snobby about kind of sitting back and, and hitting them on the break. And how much of a loss do we think Harry Kane is if, if he doesn't play, well, as it seems if, he won't? If, if, yeah, he's, he's a doubt. Um, he's probably not going to be fully fit. Um, but I think they're probably going to play him if they can, because we all know what Harry Kane does for a team. He's well, he's your informed striker at the moment when he's yeah. fit. Um, <clears throat> and they've lost they, two without do you him. Think Pochettino so. will play him even if he is a risk, because if he goes and does more damage, mm. that's especially with that the hamstring be, as well. It could be a terrible decision. Well, it, it depends. If, if it is literally like he's, he's still injured, yeah. But if he's a bit, if he's just not quite match sharp. 
they might. I reckon they might give it a go. Yeah. Maybe not not to start. Might throw him on in the second half. So, I mean, Fernando Lorente's there. And he's well, a option, isn't he? Absolutely. Yeah. And he's so experienced at the top mm. level. He would have played mm. many a time against yeah, Real, he's, he's whilst at Bilbao, but, yeah. but also yeah. at Juve as well. You, know. you just need Deli Ali to actually put the chances away this time. Because uh, as we saw at the weekend... Or, or Son. Well, or Son as well. But that Deli Ali chance when he was against Man United Old Trafford, just he got the wrong side of his boot. Could have yeah. all been so different. So those are the three naps from this expert panel. To repeat them, it's uh, Son to score any time against Real Madrid. Barcelona to win and under three and a half goals and Manchester City to win. If you stick all three of those into your odds checker bet basket, into the multiple bet slip, um, which is a feature on our site, you will see that the best price for the treble is 13.86 to one with Betfred. That is where to go for your nap treble. I'm sure this is the one that's going to come in. I've got, I've got that feeling that those are three winners here that we're going to be cheering on through the week. Um, moving on now. To, um, to the teams that we, that we think look a touch on the short side uh, going into this weekend. Um, we had, uh, a, I was certainly one who bought into, uh, I think it was Alan Alga's assessment that Liverpool were going to struggle in Maribor and that didn't prove to go particularly well for neither me nor Alan. Um, so hopefully these will be a slightly more successful and uh, I'm going to come to you first, Sandro, for what looks like a very decent lay in, in, my, in my view too. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of, there are two that to me as, as a, bookmaker and certainly believe it or not actually used to be in trading so there are a couple that really stand out to me and you're always looking to to get after favourites um I think Shakhtar do look really short at home to Feyenoord and I know Feyenoord have aren't they're not doing particularly well this season I think they're currently sixth or seventh in the Eredivisie um but Shakhtar are four to eleven um at home to them and I think that certainly with Sky but anyway I'm sure there'll be a bit of two to five about somewhere um they look a lay, and maybe if you don't fancy them to, to win the game um, or, or not win the game, get on Feyenoord plus one and a half goals at five to six. So even if Shatter win by a goal, you're still getting paid out. And the other one, um, which I think is, is more of a real uh, sort of a standard lay of the, of the win price, is um, Juventus away to sporting at even money. Um, the, this is a Juve side that uh, they're just, they've lost that air of invincibility. They. Um, I'm sort of sure they go through a transition phase is the right thing to say, but it's almost like when you see with some of these great sides, they're starting to get near the end of that, that period of domination. Um, and, and teams sense that and therefore go and approach games very differently. And Lazio absolutely destroyed them the other week. And, and, and I think sides are latching onto that. I think this is also a very, very interesting sporting side. Huge amounts of, of talent. Um, going forward they are quite inconsistent but yeah for me with my bookmakers hat on the, the two lays that stand out are Juventus and I think, Shakhtar I think it's interesting that Juventus uh, away at Milan at the weekend they, they did win that match but Max Allegri has kind of reverted to to type if you like from the start from what went so well last season he's back playing Mandzukic out on that weird kind of wide left role mm. um, uh, Quadrado out on the right, Dybala just behind Higuain. Higuain's been under a lot of pressure this season because he's not produced the goods. Well, at the weekend, he did. Uh, I just wonder if that's going to be the catalyst for them to start kicking on now because they, they still are kind of hanging on to Napoli's coattails, even though we're talking about Napoli as this team who are just blowing Serie A away. Juventus are still getting these results, but I, I would agree that I, there's no way I'd be backing Juve at even money at Sporting Lisbon. I'm just sort of throwing that argument into the, into, into the room because I just think it's quite interestingly how... Allegri's kind of changing tact now, realising that maybe he does need to change, change his sort of system to, to what was working so well last season. It's interesting you, 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 it's interesting you say that. Generally, when under pressure, 
all of us, but especially football managers, you're right, they do revert to type. They go back mm. to what they know, mm. what they feel familiar with. And like you say, they're hanging on to Napoli's coattails, but they've got Lazio on the same points as them. Mm. I think Roma are two points behind that. You've got Milan and Sampdoria. It's a wonderful uh, league. It's, it's a great, I mean, it, it looks like it could be, mm. certainly at the moment, the best title race in, in Europe, certainly at the major divisions. Um, and it's interesting to see whether reverting back to type will prove successful. Mm. It's certainly, as you say, Mark, proved successful on Saturday evening. Higuain got himself a brace as well, didn't he? But yeah, yeah I know certainly with my bookies out on, get them in the book, we'll be happy to lay them. <laughs> I think the other thing is as well, there are so many short price favourites over the two nights, aren't there? I think you've got nine favourites that are two to one on or shorter. Yeah. Mm. Um, as a result, punters are naturally probably going to have to go after the slightly bigger price favourites to bump up the price of their accumulator. And generally, that is where punters come unstuck and, yeah. us, and us horrible bookmakers manage uh, to, to nick a few quid. So with that in mind, I would just say to punters, tread with caution um, when you're looking to stick another team, probably in a way, favourite into your accumulator. Look at the head, the look at the head of PR at Skybet giving punters advice, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, I mean, Steve, uh, Steve Freeth on the pod last time from Bet365 was saying that game week four is normally the bookie's best week because punters take too much of a view on what's happened in the because it's you know, the, the flip fixture people look at the fact that City beat Napoli or, or maybe a bad example and then think mm. oh they're going to do it again whereas actually you know, home advantage is obviously such a big swing and we saw um, Luis Ussier from the 21st club um, telling us about how actually home advantage and away advantage can be quantified into goals and, that, and that's an important thing to remember for punters who you know shouldn't see this as just you know the game's going the same way as they did last time um, coming to you now, Mark, uh, for, for the team you're going to lay, and as regular mm. as clockwork, whenever Leipzig are involved, I think me and you are normally on the positive <laughs> bus there, um, and you think that they're, they're worth getting with again this time around. Yeah, the last time I looked, you could get four to five on Leipzig plus 0.5 on the Asian handicap markets, which is essentially a lay of Porto. Um, Porto's manager, Sergio Conceição, he um, well, they actually wanted Marco Silva in the summer, and they got Conceição. It's not a huge downgrade. He worked absolute wonders with Nantes last year in, in Liga to take them away from the relegation zone and into the safety or the upper reaches of, of mid-table. Um, he's been brought in to end this four-year four trophy drought Gold at Porto. Drought. Gold <laughs> drought would be something, wouldn't it? <laughs> but uh, I think it's interesting. He's, he's completely revolutionised the playing style of Porto. They're now playing a 4-4-2 with overlapping fullbacks and inverted wingers, and it's going very well domestically. Porto are looking very good in the Portuguese top top tier, but I just I just doubt the domestic league of Portugal this year. Um, we've seen how Benfica have kind of dropped off dramatically. I know they've had to sell quite a few players in the summer, but Porto, when you've got players like Ruben Neves moving to, to Wolves in the summer for big money, uh, something's got to be questioned there. And all's not really going swimmingly either behind the scenes. Ica Casillas was dropped for for not really trying so hard in training and apparently using his mobile phone um, in team meetings. Um, and you know, I just look at the team here. They've they've won twice in seven at home in the Champions League, only scoring two or more goals uh, once in those seven game sample. So if you're looking just purely on goals, there, Leipzig only need to get a goal here to 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 avoid Porto from winning this match. And anyone who watched the uh, Bundesliga match between Leipzig and Bayern on on Saturday would have been disappointed. They were down to ten men early doors. Uh, they were beaten. Um, Similar story happened in the DFB Pokal last midweek, but they battled brilliantly, took Bayern to penalties in that match. And let's not forget they won away at Dortmund fantastically well not so long ago either. Made a very slow start, um, very sluggish in there, and quite conservative actually against Monaco in match day one, uh, which was quite disappointing. I think maybe the occasion uh, took over the club. Let's not forget they're in the second tier of Germany just two seasons ago, and they seemed 
well, scarily spooked by the atmosphere in Besiktas. So Timo Werner sort of going off with earache in that match. And um, but they really did show what they're capable of against Porto in the last round. Um, they've got Naby Keita, Emil Forsberg and Timo Werner all fit and available, which is crucial, I think, the three best players of last season. Uh, I just think four to five odds on, on Leipzig not to lose in Porto, that's, that's somewhere I'd be going. It was me thinking... Ruben Neves was joining Wolves because he wanted to play in the Skybet Championship. <laughs> well done. <laughs> uh, so look at those three lays there. We've got uh, if you put them into a, into a um, in, into a multi. So basically, having Leipzig plus plus a half, Sporting Lisbon or draw, and Feyenoord or draw. Unibet are offering nine point four three to one on that treble as well. The lay treble. Um, just before we move on to the long shots, Greg, I just want to come to you because that that group, um, you know. The, May not be a London club in it, but I know you're well versed in, mm. in, in the European football. And if, it always looked like an interesting group having Besiktas from Turkey, having Leipzig from Germany, Porto from Portugal, and, and, and Monaco from France. Four very strong teams from classically not leagues who do very well in, in the Champions League. Monaco, obviously, semi finalists last year. Mm. And if you look at the odds now on, um, on group, on winner basically to win the group, Besiktas best, best price two to five. Uh, Leipzig best price six to one, Porto thirteen to two, and Monaco two hundred and fifty to one. That's possibly a reverse of what we'd have expected. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely, I mean, absolutely. I mean, how do you see this Besiktas um, team doing so well? Is it a, are they the real deal? What do we think about how Leipzig and Porto's chances in, in the rest of the competition? Really, well, Besiktas—they're almost like the A team, aren't they? They got all these like old like veterans that all come <laughs> yeah. together, and they're actually delivering. Like so often, we see the Turkish league sign all these like older heads into their sides, and it's just kind of you know it's, it's a bit. Of, it turns like a holiday camp for, for these uh, veteran players that want to kind of wind things down. But now the Besiktas guys, they're on fire. Like Charisma <laughs> and all the rest of them, they're just, they're doing exactly what you'd hope them to do, um, thrown together. And I, they're great to watch. They're almost talking about too the, hipster uh, to be the hipster choice. <laughs> they, almost, yeah, they almost are, yeah. <laughs> the hipsters but, have grown just, up a bit and they can't really... <laughs> just on Besiktas, I think last season, it's easy to forget, they were in the running to qualify for the knockout stages until that last match of the group and they got turned over 6-1 by yeah. Dynamo Kiev and that really hurt them. And I know that the president is looking to, to crack China. They were the first team to play in China, first Turkish team to play in China in the summer and they took in uh, Pepe and uh, I can't remember someone else, someone very experienced in European football. And they basically said, we need some leadership here. We need someone with a bit of balls to grab the mm. grab this team by the scruff of the neck. And it seems to be showing now. I mean, domestically, they've dropped off, but they're really taking the Champions League seriously. And to be fair, though, I wouldn't be backing them at two to five to, to win the group, even even after this great start. <laughs> so that I mean, that's that would be a very short price bet. We're now going to look, before we finish up here and before you guys can get cracking watching the football after having a bet, so hopefully you've taken from this podcast. Make sure you go to www.oddschecker.com forward slash podcast to see all of the experts' uh, tips up there. You should be able to click through to the bet slip as well to make sure you get there easily. And there'll be more on that Skybet exclusive offer on Jeco and Morata, both to score was 7-2 to two out to 11-2. to two. So really, if you think there are going to be goals in that game, you would be crazy not to take it. Sandro, going to quite come to you for, the, for, the, for your long shot just before we finish up. There's a lot of short price favourites uh, and I'm convinced... Um, at least one, two, maybe even three of the outsiders are going to get an absolute pasting this round, um, which isn't. A, it sounds like not the sort of thing you'd expect a bookmaker <laughs> to say. So um, I think there's got to be some value. Um, I know it slightly goes against Mark's bet on Barcelona, but maybe Barcelona minus two at six to four, so they'd have to win by three or more. And Bayern minus three at five to one. I know historically a lot of people say, oh no, Celtic at home. You know, they're phenomenally strong at home, but um, they were hanging on for, for dear life, 
Celtic were out of the Allianz Arena. And Celtic looked great with the ball, but they were they were really, really... They're not used to not having a lot of the ball. Yeah. So, and they're, they're great going forward. And they did create chances, but um, they had a long period of the game where they were really under the pump. I suppose it's a case of just how ruthless... Um, Bayern want to be or need to be um, and then the other one is Atleti as well whether you might mainly maybe to win by four or more or maybe dare I say even five or more so those sorts of those are the sorts of teams I will probably have a look and try and find three or four um, and perm them up and, and go for some up. sort of monstrous accumulator but just in terms of sort of big differences and discrepancies you could bet Barca to win by three or more at seven to five um, that's it's also as big as nine to five so there's about six percent difference there across bookmakers, which is pretty significant. So are you saying that anyone having a bet should always use Ozchecker? That's exactly <laughs> what very I'm good, saying. Very good. Ask your Sky about championship. But of course, have a, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> have a look at the firm in the second yeah. column from the left. <laughs> and then finally, Mark, going to come to you just for your, for your long shot. Yeah. Um, I hope it's weather related. Otherwise, I'll be disappointed after last time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not, unfortunately. But, uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to... I'm going to put it out there. This is one of my best long shots, to be fair. Uh, I backed it in the first game between the two. It didn't come in. But it's 6-1 to one the last time I looked at Betfair. Both teams to score in both halves when Napoli played Manchester City on Wednesday night. Really disappointed, if I'm honest, with Napoli in that first game. I thought they were... There were question marks, I think, over Napoli's big game mentality. Um, for, I certainly had, anyway. And it, it certainly seemed to be that case in the first half or hour. They, they looked overawed. Obviously, City were absolutely outstanding. Deserved to be 2-0 up. But they did come back in that second half and, and give them a few frights. And I think Sarri deserves credit for that. And, uh, you know, we've already talked about the likes of Napoli kind of potentially... Um, exiting the Champions League from the group stage. Well, this is their probably last chance, really, with Shakhtar playing Feyenoord. I think I expect them to go all out for it, and that can only play into the hands of a, of a goal-laden game. Uh, Napoli and Serie A have won all but one, well, one game. Manchester City have won all by one game. Napoli are averaging just under three goals. In all competitions, they've scored more than twice in 12 of 15, only failed to score at home three times since January 2016. And when you've got Pep Guardiola coming out and saying they're one of the three or four of the, or five best teams playing football and in results this season, and Manchester City's director of football coming out and saying, with all due respect for Juventus and Roma, Napoli are the Italian team who play the best football, in fact, the best football in Europe, just goes to show what, what kind of uh, approach these two teams are likely to going to take. They're, they're cut from the same cloth, Guardiola and Sarri. Uh, both prefer dynamic, short passing, high pressing football, the suffocating press, as, as people like to call it. Uh, I just think this is going to be a, an absolute thriller. Um, I'm certainly tuning in over Real Madrid Spurs on Wednesday night because I think this one's going to have goals all over it. Seems unfair we have to choose between those two games because both look absolute corkers. And just just a last word for you, Greg, obviously coming back to London Club and, and Spurs against Real Madrid. Hyung um, Min Sun, your, your tip to score any time. I've just seen that mm. whilst he's 11 to 2 generally, he's 8 to 1 to score first with Unibet, which seems tasty. Yeah, very much so. And I think Spurs will be trying to get that early goal because um, then he can hopefully sit back with a bit more success than having to wait till the very end. Although maybe if they're going to bring Harry Kane on in the last 10 minutes, maybe that's the plan to, to shoot overall. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Thanks very much, guys. I hope you guys have enjoyed listening. Um, to go through them again, we've got Greg Johnson here, editor-in-chief from Football.London, who I implore you should go and read for all your kind of London-based football stuff. Yeah, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're everywhere. We've got an <laughs> Arsenal account, Chelsea account, Spurs account, West Ham account. And you can also follow uh, London underscore LDN on Twitter as well. Cheers, Greg. And Sandro, thanks very much for coming in. I think people normally know where to find Skybet these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, no, thanks, thanks for having us on here. Yeah, there's various places to, to follow Skybet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, EFL games, you name yeah. it. 
Thank you. No worries. And cheers, Mark, again, our, our return <laughs> panellist. And I'm sure he'll be back again, hopefully, in the future. Thanks for having me, guys. Enjoyed it, as always. So just a last word, go to www.oddschecker.com forward slash, forward slash podcast for all of the tips we've said today. Hopefully there'll be a few winners in there to give you a booster this week. Um, and that Skybet offer will be there as well. It is 11-2 from 7-2 on Jeco and Murata. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks for the penultimate round of group games. And until then, enjoy the football.